At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Conversations. Not Your Average Perspectives. Not Your Average Black Girls. Woo! That's all mm. I got today. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I like the Boo. other one. Eh, eh, one yeah. out of ten. Sorry, guys. Yeah, well, you know, you can't always be on. That's that's understandable. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> My mentor is the Beyonce. I wish you might tell me. Girl, I'm bye. Always. Uh, <laughs> bye. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> bye. All right, y'all. All of us are here. You got me, Dice. I am joined by Meg and also by Jordan. So today we are going to be talking about what the work life is like as a millennial, especially in comparison to previous generations and how it is like basically being a millennial in the workplace. So I guess I will start us off like I feel like since the pandemic started, I don't know about y'all, but I'd be surprised if y'all hadn't heard about this, but there's like all these articles about the mass resignation and people just quitting their jobs left and right. And so, you know, I've read some of them and they're all kind of the same, but they all just kind of say like people just, number one, are complaining about low pay um, and being overworked. And then number two, some people literally like their pandemic made them, made them realize they don't want to do whatever kind of work it was they were doing anymore. Like they just don't have an interest anymore. They're, they're good on it. Um, so I know for me, uh, out of the three of us, I was the one who lost my job during the pandemic. Um, unfortunately, but I did, but I, I will say fortunately, because it all kind of worked out in the end, but in the moment, right. Right. Blessing know, in disguise. <laughs> right. In the moment, I definitely felt a way. Okay. Uh, because I did lose my job and it was actually, I think why it was so upsetting was because I had just gotten promoted. Um, I had just moved to be with my husband and I just felt like things were on the up and up. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I was, I was reaching a good point in life and I was like, yeah, I'm about to do this, you know, whatever. And then it all came crashing down. And I know I'm not the only one. So I know I have the empathy for everyone who did go through a similar experience. But what I will say is losing my job because of the pandemic was disappointing, but it did kind of help me to open my eyes back up to what it is that I truly want to do with my life in the long run. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes, you know, these things happen and they seem like a negative in the moment and fast forward to 2021 where I've gotten a new job and a new start, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm so glad that that didn't work out because the people that I know that were able to stay on at my old job, all they do is complain about it. They're like, it's not the same because I mean, imagine if you lay off thousands of people and you don't rehire anyone, 
So the workload is still the same. And so they're like, you know, we're basically doing triple the work that we were doing before. And a lot of them are looking for other work. And so it's like, it was really a blessing in disguise, like Megan said, because it opened up a door for me to go somewhere else and somewhere that was better. Um, And somewhere where I work now that did not lay anyone off (laughs) Um, during the pandemic. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's more secure. And and I don't, I'm not a 100% believer in job security because really ain't no such thing, but it does seem a little more secure than what I had. So let me put it that way. Um, but I think it just, the whole experience changed my outlook on, on work. And, um, not that I was ever a workhorse. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I was never that girl that was like, oh, I'm gonna stay here two and three extra hours or come in early. I do this, do that. Not saying I've never done it, but that was never like my thing. Um, you know, some people, especially the older generation, they'd be real passionate about, you know, staying late and working hard for the man and doing this and doing that. I, I never, no. <laughs> I never had that <laughs> attitude. Like I was just like, my hours are this to this and I'm gone. Um, you know, if y'all need me to stay, then y'all can pay me to stay. Like, that's kind of how I was. Um, but nevertheless, I just feel like I get it. I get why people are leaving and I don't fault them because these corporations have been getting over on underpaying people for way too long and overworking people. It's not fair. I don't blame anybody that's like, I'm not working for no $7 and 25 cents an hour. I, I really don't blame you because I don't know how y'all been surviving this whole time, but I'm a, I'm a slow down my role and get some insight from my fellow podcast hosts. So how do y'all feel about this whole millennial work-life thing? Well, I'll just say this. I have never felt so strongly about three letters in my life. And those letters are FTJ. If you know, you know. I'd be ready to dip. Oh, wait, I feel like y'all don't know what that means. Fuck this. No, I I do know what that means. Um, I'd be ready to dip. I really be ready to dip on them, but like I just be talking and y'all know that's the case. Um, however, I think going through quarantine and especially being a millennial, and for me, right when quarantine hit, that was my first year in the workforce. Um, because I had been in school all that time. So I'm not really used to the work culture for one. I knew I was coming in at a later age trying to get adapted. And then all of a sudden it changes to something that I can actually kind of get more behind. So I was definitely excited for the new wave that came across. However, I think capitalism and what Dice was saying about these companies working people to the bone and then paying them the bare minimum, all of that really kind of came to a halt, or at least people's eyes were open to the practice and really understanding how a poor working environment or poor working conditions, whether they be your pay, your pay, sorry, your wage, um, and, and just the whole inner office culture, right? How that can really affect your personal lifestyle. And I love that our generation being the millennials, whether we were new to the working world or not, kind of rode the wave of quarantine. and was just kind of like, all right, y'all, time changed this. I'm going to be working from my house. And from now on, if I am working from my house, I'm only working, like I said, from this time to that time. Or if I'm not doing this, I could be on YouTube with my spare time making triple this pay. You know what I'm saying? Or if I am doing this, then I need to have another side hustle for multiple streams of income. Like I love the entrepreneurial and the um, solution oriented. I stole that word from Megan and just the, the optimistic outlook that um that our generation put on this whole new working working culture and in in the energy towards working and i'm just here to ride the wave like i'd be at work and i give them what i could give them because i used to be a workhorse and and now i'm not you know um we talked about this in another episode boundaries boundaries are so big for me now 
So I come in, I do my job. I'm excited to be there during the times that I'm excited to be there for. But after that, don't call me because I ain't picking up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that you said boundaries. I actually just, um, I'll forward it to y'all so that y'all can just have it just as a reference. But I um, came across a picture and it's essentially just like about 20 different phrases that you can use to like express a boundary in the workplace um, in a small group of other black psychologists that I'm in. And I was like, I need to save this to my phone because I um, do sometimes struggle just because like I do, I guess because I'm a hard worker, I do want people to be pleased like with my contribution to the team. And so sometimes I struggle like to really find that way to say no, if I'm trying to still like build that relationship, you know what I mean? Um, And I was like, oh, this is good. I need to save this. But I can kind of agree with Jordan, like, you know, what Dice was saying. Like, I definitely and still to this day, sometimes I'm really guilty of like staying late or, you know, doing things um, that I probably shouldn't really be doing just to like help. And, and, you know, that the pandemic kind of changed things, you know, it's like, uh uh, I'm here to do this and this only. And if you need me to do Mm -hmm. something else, I suggest you adjust my pay. To reflect an additional job task responsibility because you're not getting this out of me for free. Okay. Like those days are gone. Yeah. No, I frankly, there's just, well, I was going to say, there's just so many other things in the world to worry about, right? Like literally your life is more important than whether or not you have a desk to sit at every day. Um, And if quarantine didn't show anyone else that it, definitely showed us millennials that right especially we were already kind of faced with um the practice of like going on instagram and seeing how life could be right for others seeing how other people live their lifestyle but now being in quarantine it's kind of like all right life is short you know what i'm saying so do you really want to have those experiences that you've always wanted to have or do you want to push those off for one day for one day for one day Um, And so, yeah. And and also, too, we feel like we got a long life to live, you know, like we feel like we still have a lot of life left to live um, without taking each day for granted, if that makes sense. So I don't know, you know, being a millennial in the workplace, I would hate to be my boss, probably, because I know (laughs) my energy has straight 180 on them. Okay, like and that's okay. And that's okay. I I think people have to understand that times have changed. And I think that's really a message for a lot of the older generation. Because, you know, now you got some exceptions. Some are down. But then you got some that are resistant, like my own mama. You know, when I tell her, you know, I work from home. So, like, let me just start by saying this. People have a, a certain perception of working from home. And I think a lot of people think, like, oh, you work from home, you're not doing any work. That's not true. Um, my workday is still very similar to what it was when I worked in an office. I just have the benefit, in my opinion, of working from home. Um, but what I like about it is that I have this flexibility to look at my calendar and say, okay, I got A, B, and C going on today. And I'm going to use, you know, this block of time to go do this real quick, which is something like personal for me, whether that be folding some laundry or loading a dishwasher or just household stuff, whatever it may be. Um, and so I'm able to block out my day and my time a lot better than I would have ever been able to do in the office because you know in the office you glued to your desk except for lunchtime because god forbid you you leave they'll be like, where are you at why you ain't come back yet you know what i'm saying so that's what i love about working from home but my mom would be like you you already going such and such you don't you have a job ain't you supposed to be at work i'm like mama who are you talking like somebody parole officer like i'm like what's going on with you like i was like this is not back in the day <laughs> <laughs> it's just say somebody's parole officer yes, like, that's what she be, i'm like somebody parole officer always calling seeing where i'm at i'm like mama 
don't you worry about my job. Like, and I try to get her to understand. I'm like, people understand now more than ever before the importance of balance. So, and work-life balance specifically. So I'm like, I don't have a manager, thankfully, that's checking for me all throughout the day, seeing where I'm at, what I'm doing. My manager straight up told me, as long as the work gets done, like, don't have nothing to say. I mean, why would you? Because my purpose is just to do my job that you hired me for. And then other than that, my time is mine. And I remember, y'all, this is 2021. I remember in 2014, I was living in Los Angeles, pursuing a fashion dream at the time. And nevertheless, I had met a girl and all she ever worked was temp jobs. And so I was like, girl, how are you surviving if your job's only lasting like 60 days here, 30 days there, 90 days here? Like, how are you making it? And she was like, well, you know, it's a struggle sometimes, but I just believe that my time is my time. And I don't believe that an employer should be able to tell me that I can only get two weeks off and yada, yada, yada. And, and she was also a millennial. And I just remember being so amazed. Like, I was like, girl, like, I was like, this is, this is amazing. Like, um, and at that time, that mindset wasn't super popular. You know what I'm saying? And, and that was almost, what, 10 years ago? But yeah, that mindset wasn't even popular then. And so it's like to meet somebody who was like, I'm going to take control of my own time, you know, is impressive. But I think now, fast forward to 2021, pandemic time, people are like, hell yeah, I'm going <laughs> to take advantage of my time. Like, And I've even seen it to where employers have changed their vacation policies. Now it's like, you got three or four weeks vacation versus two weeks vacation. You know what I'm saying? And now it's not this whole like, y'all, when I used to work in, in the corporate retail world, <laughs> um, I used to have to get my vacation approved in terms of not just approved, just to put a, a check mark in the system. No, my manager used to have to basically dictate whether or not I could take that day. Or whatever the case may be, which is just insane when I look back on it. But that was standard practice. It was like, oh, you want Monday and Tuesday off next week? Well, let me see if that's going to work. You know, somebody else being able to tell you whether or not you could take a day off. And I'm just really glad that for the most part from what I've been seeing and in my own life, that mindset is gone where it's like, okay, you want that Monday off? Well, we just got to make do until you get back. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not an issue. And honestly, too, America is like behind on that, right? Because other countries already, I think, had more of a peaceful, symbiotic relationship with working in personal mm-hmm. life. So yeah. whether it was siestas that were included throughout the day, if it was religious praying, um, I think other working environments for other countries were always more accepting of the identity of the employer I mean, of the employee outside of the job, right? And needing to honor that in order for them to be the most productive employee they could be, but also to feel safe in retention, you know, want, want to continue working here. And America was was very slow on that. Um, and, and so, yeah, this quarantine has really forced us to adapt and kind of ride the wave. So I'm here to ride, baby. I'm here to ride. Yeah, it definitely has changed things. And Literally the week that we're in right now, like Wednesday, I have a friend whose coworker passed away and she said that by Thursday, the job was posted. So 24 hours, you guys, that's how long it took the workplace to say. And it probably wasn't even a full 24. Yeah, no, I mean, probably that that night, probably, I'm sure whoever does that was like, okay, let me put that position up real quick. Like, so that's how fast, you know, you are 
you are easily replaceable at any job. I don't care what you do or what your job title is or how important the work that you do, you know, helps make the country run. Um, you can be replaced and you will be replaced if something happens to you because, you know, I mean, it, hey, what they tell us as we kids, one monkey don't stop no show, right? So, and, and I'm, I ain't heard that in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate to like, you know, make every job just sound cold and heartless, but at the end of the day, like, they're going to replace you. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to be stuck in that sadness because they, they have a business to run. So I think that that is something that like our generation just realizes way more than the generations that came before us. Like, I think we are eons ahead of them when it comes to the realization that something could happen to me tomorrow and that place going to keep it pushing. So I need to yeah. pick and choose how I dedicate myself to this place because this cannot be my entire identity. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, before we hopped on this recording and we were just chatting or whatever, and I was telling Jordan, I was like, it's crazy how, like, we record typically, typically on a weekend. It's not that y'all care about our recording schedule, but nevertheless, <laughs> we record typically on the weekends. And I was like, it's crazy to think that, like, your job takes up so much of your time and your life to the point where, you know, <laughs> you have to squeeze everything into Saturday and Sunday. Um, and it's, it's just not it's okay. It's a scam. It's a scam. Yeah. It's not okay. And we were saying how in the future, uh, and it's happening now, but I think it'll become more mainstream where either it'll be flexible, like you will have a choice as an employee if you want to take Fridays and add it to your weekend or Mondays, or it'll be the standard where they'll say the weekend is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Saturday, Sunday, Monday, hopefully. It need to be. <laughs> Another thing too, though, um, you know, with working like five days a week and then only having the weekends to do the things for you or do anything personal, it also keeps you from being able to work on side businesses, right? Or anything personal to yourself. So not just running errands or seeing people that you need to see, but doing business that could eventually take you to the next level and away from that job. And so um, I think that was one thing I was talking to one of my friends about because um, she has her own business, a very successful business, but you know, she still works a nine to five job or like, honestly, I think she works like four to two, but anyway, um, it pulls away like that type of work commitment for, you know, that steady salary. It pulls away from your energy, your time and your attention into those passion projects that could eventually turn into full time things. Right. That could really, you know, turn into major money makers. And honestly, you're just much more enjoyable. <laughs> and so that is a part of the scam. I just thought about it when Megan was saying it's a scam. Like it, the, the scam runs deep. OK, mm -hmm. the scam really runs deep. It's a so scheme set up by Todd. Okay, and for my Real Housewives of Atlanta fans, you know exactly where that line is coming from. This whole thing is a scheme set up by Todd to come to us with the bullshit. Okay, but nevertheless, um, I'm definitely not for it. You know, I I'm against the five to two ratio. I say that at least three times a week. Whoever came up with this idea of 
being on five days off two definitely was a white man. I'm saying it, it had to have been a white man. Only a white man would think that something so unfair is just viable. Okay. Like only a white man would come up with this. Because I'm not even going to argue with you about it. It had probably been. right. I know none right. of us was in the room because we would have gave some rationale. I legit looked this up one time. I looked it up. I was like, where did this like 40 hour nine to five work week come from? And I couldn't really find like a, a concrete source, but they said somebody way back when was like eight hours of work, eight hours of leisure, eight hours of sleep. I was like, where are you getting this from? Because if I'm spending, if I'm starting work at the top of my day, if I work a typical job, right? I'm giving the bulk of my energy to that job because you're putting work in the first slot, right? What the hell make you think I got eight hours after I get off my clock at four or five o'clock in the afternoon to go lay around and do whatever I want to do or pursue my side hustles. I don't have no extra time for that. Maybe an hour if I'm lucky. Then you got to eat and cook and sleep and do all. Yes, there is no, there's no such thing. <laughs> so I was like, I think it's what that. you said. Like it's no they such know thing. That. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and all that's rooted, you know, as we discussed in capitalism um, and things like that. And I think the the people, I'm going to put my, my fist up for y'all so y'all can envision that. The people have spoken. And <laughs> I think they're like, fuck this. <laughs> like, I'm not doing this shit. But let me tell y'all something, though. I'm going to tell y'all this. And this is this good advice. I'm gonna, y'all hear me out now. Now is the time to go for what you want career-wise. And I say that say one this. more time. Say it one I'm more time. I'm saying one more time. time. Now is the time to go for what you want, whether it's working for somebody or working for yourself. And I say that because these employers, they're desperate now because they know people don't want to come back. So if remember that, jo- that job you tried to apply for a year ago and they said you wasn't qualified, try it now. That's right. my advice. You're try right. it now. Because that person they who was it in it done quit. But seriously, like take advantage of some of these these opportunities, you know, because this could be a way. If you were looking for a way, this could be a way to get your foot in the door while they are desperate. Okay, just a piece of advice. That is such good advice, Dice. Yeah, Thank you for stuff. that. I'm, I'm so stuff. serious. And on that note, I was gonna say earlier when y'all were talking about like people just realizing like what they're worth and how they deserve more money. I can only speak for Georgia, but like another thing that I think quarantine kind of opened up people's eyes on is, I mean, when that unemployment was hitting, that was life-changing for a lot of people. And Georgia, people was getting 900, you know, a month, roughly 900 is some change a month. And I'm sorry, not a month, a week because unemployment drops every week. Right. You're talking about taking in a person who has always struggled probably barely earned $900 a month to getting $900 a week from unemployed. Like their lives were changed. So of course they're not about to go back to that job. Like you said, Dice is paying $7.25. They are looking for other work. They are looking for other opportunities. They're going for their dreams because they now know what it feels like to not live under that struggle. You know what I'm saying? Like, Dang, mm-hmm. like I had X amount of time of getting what I usually would get in a month every single week. Oh no, I'm never going back to that job. Yeah, and so no. it's it's created, like you said, it's really created a problem for these employers because now it's like, 
damn, now they know what it's like to yeah, not have to struggle. Exactly. Now they know their worth. And they ain't taking the shit no more, rightfully so. And I mean, the sad part about this is because there is a flip side to everything. As we know, there's this, the good comes with the bad. But I know I read an article recently about the childcare industry in particular. And that's an industry that is really suffering, especially since the pandemic started. And basically, the gist of the article was just saying that these childcare workers were only making like $9 an hour. Um, and a lot of them have quit since the pandemic started, which obviously leaves a shortage, which means there's less people that's able to watch the kids, right? So that puts these, these childcare centers in a, in a bind. Um, and my sister, and I'm sure she won't mind me sharing this with, you know, whoever listens, <laughs> my sister worked in the childcare industry for over 10 years. And so she knew all about it. And she was like, people underestimate how much work it is to watch your child. Like she was like, people don't watch their own kid, but then they feel some type of way when you don't want to watch them. She was like, we didn't get paid enough to watch these children or whatever. And I mean, she was making more than $9 an hour, but still it's like, what, 9, 10, 12, what difference does it really make? You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, it's still a lot of work. And recently she has been able, because like I said, y'all, because of the pandemic, there was positions that they wouldn't let her get in before that she got in now, you know, because she took advantage of the desperation. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, now, now she got a position where she's a director in training for a child care center. So I want y all to heed my advice. Okay. So nevertheless, but she's learning like, okay, this is a big problem where these big, large corporations are paying the people who have to actually watch your child, paying them the least amount of money while anybody in management and above is making decent money, at least livable. You know what I'm saying? A livable wage. And then we all know how the executives go. So it's like, people are starting to see the cracks have shown themselves. Now now we know that y'all are literally hoarding this money for yourself. Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. And you're not sharing the wealth. And people ain't gonna tolerate it no more. I mean, even my husband the other day, he was like, can you imagine what would happen if everybody, especially like people who do, you know, the work that is the backbone of our society, if all those people walked out on the same day? <laughs> like, can you imagine the impact? Like, I, I'm telling I'm like, the world was shut down. Oh, it would be over. I have said before, like, I could only imagine, man, this place would be a shit show if everybody who worked in hospitals and everybody who worked in education and everybody who worked in law enforcement and fire safety said, I'm done with this on the same day. Woo, child. I mean, riots in the streets almost. What can we do? What can we do to pay them better? Because we, we got to get this under control. I mean, people would not know what to do with themselves. And that's what is so frustrating is, like you said, it's like these jobs that really do kind of hold up a lot of like support just for kind of the entire country, right, are paid the least. And like I can 100% relate to what you were talking about with um what your sister said about people working in childcare and everything, because I mean, it's the same thing with education. Like these teachers, everybody knows teachers don't make good money. So the fact that (laughs) the fact that they're being expected to do their job. And now on top of that, manage like all this COVID stuff and the pay has not gone up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. I'm surprised people are teaching like, and I'm saying that as someone who's in education, I'm not a teacher, but I'm surprised people are teaching. Um, because I don't know that I'd be doing it, honestly, in today's time. And I'm just keeping it real. Like, I don't know if you could convince me that it was worth me putting my life into jeopardy by being in this classroom, right? And 
watching these kids, but then also my pay not going up. Nah, like y'all got it. That, that's how I would be at this point. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, I think that it's it's a major, it, it has shown, the pandemic has really shown the cracks in the system. Um, it has shown light on those areas that we just didn't pay any attention to. Um, and so I think that was one of those areas that, like you said, we all been new teachers weren't getting paid, but I don't think we realize how underpaid they really were, um, until the pandemic uh, to the point where, you know, teachers are, are leaving left and right or, or you basically protesting because they're like, I'm not doing this anymore and I can't blame them. So it's like, again, there is a problem. I think everybody knows there's a problem. Um, what's going to be done about it? I don't know. Um, I hope that there will be some kind of major changes for people, you know, like Megan said, in, in public service with, with firefighters and teachers and um, even down to sanitation workers, people who really keep things going for us. Yes, I think they need to be paid well, okay? This whole hourly stuff with them or barely paying them or whatever the case may be is not okay. People need to be paid a livable wage. Um, and, and the cost of living just keeps going up anyway. So it's like that whole argument about, oh, we can't we can't raise the minimum wage because then it will raise. I'm like, the cost of living been going up for years. So what, <laughs> what difference does it really make? Girl, you know what I'm saying? What difference does it make? Say that again. It's houses in Atlanta. I can say I live in Atlanta because y'all ain't going to find me. It's houses <laughs> in Atlanta. Girl, I, no exaggeration. Get on Zillow. Three bedroom lived in homes, not even new construction. Three bedroom lived in homes, easily seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know where y'all think y'all at. We not on flip or flop in LA. Like <laughs> you are not Christina and Tarek, but uh, uh-uh. and and it's like you said, but but look at what jobs are paying though. Like okay, it just it doesn't add up. So. We'll see what happens. I don't know, but I know I'm going for me some out of the box goals myself. I'm tired of um, working a regular job and and just earning what some board of directors thinks is appropriate for me to earn. Mm -hmm. No, I'm about to set my own goals and my own standards and expectations. Because I'm getting out of this life. I'm telling you that. We're definitely in that era, and I think um, in this life. I made it sound worse than what it is. I shouldn't but for real, that. though, like, I think, you know, it's a good note to, to end the topic, but I feel like our generation is definitely, and because of the pandemic, we're like, you got to have more than one job these days. Um, you got to have more than one source of income these days. So I encourage everybody, and, and I know that's not for everybody, so I'm not saying do it if you don't want to, but I encourage you to explore the idea of having a second source of income, especially uh, that's more reliable. Um, and I also encourage you to pursue your passions, pursue your dreams. You know what, you guys, we do this podcast and and it's free for y'all. <laughs> so, you know, if y'all just give us any support by subscribing to us, it helps us tremendously. We are still trying to grow. You know, y'all, we, we small but mighty. So please subscribe to our podcast if you have not already. Also, do not forget to follow us on all of our social media. We are at NYABG pod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Also, check out our website. It's nyabgpodcast.com. And that's it for today's episode, y'all. We appreciate y'all. Love y'all. And we'll see y'all in the next one. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. 
by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.